the Providence College Friars. Will the party ever end tonight The Big East. And the rest of the college hoops world. You know that the party will not end. This is the Providence Crier Podcast with your host. A PC grant standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself. Mike Welcome everybody to another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Province Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me as always, we have BOC in the house. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Tuesday, uh, December 19th, and BOC, it's that time of year where fan bases who were allies for a few months uh, now hate each other. Um, Biggie's play is upon us, BOC. Uh, the Friars with a massive game on Tuesday night, hosting Marquette, who currently sits in at number seven in the country. Um, they won the league last year. They won the biggest regular er, conference tournament as well last year. We all know Tyler Kolick, Cumberland native, uh, will be playing in his third game at the Amp. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's Biggie's play. The, the tis the season, BOC. Goner, the I tweeted before the Sacred Heart game. All Friar fans enjoy a uh, a. A restful game. You'll be able to enjoy the Friars and uh, Sacred Heart had other ideas there, as it was a um, heart attack game at least for the first half. But yeah, this is where uh, every game's a meat grinder, and you just have to be prepared for the ups and downs of Big East play because your team's probably never as good as you think they are, and they're not as bad as you think they are. So you just got to roll with the punches and trying to be more on the wins losses than the wins than the losses so that you can come out and be a uh, NCAA tournament team. Cause I think finishing above 500 in big East will, depending on how you do a non-conference, we'll probably get you in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And we'd probably get a province college team that is now nine and two uh, into the tournament as well. Um, obviously we're going to hit on the Marquette game, but, um, but first we'll touch on sacred art. Uh, PC wrapped up their non-conference Schedule over the weekend on Saturday, uh, 1.30 game. They hosted um, Sacred Heart Pioneers of the NEC. Um, surprisingly enough, Devin Carter and Corey Floyd Jr. were both inactives for this game. Um, reportedly. Do you, do, you, uh, do, you see that, do you see that as English being precautionary ahead of Marquette? And, and if it was any other, like a, not, not to, dismiss Sacred Heart, but if it was a competitive team, do you think he would have played them? Um yes, but then again we'll we'll find out tomorrow, right? Um yeah. you know, we're recording this on a Monday. Um you know, we'll find out game night, but I would tend to think, yeah. Um based on him saying that he was being precautionary and the fact that he said that before, right? And then with uh who was it? Uh, was it Pierre, the last game before he came back? Yeah. He came back he was, the next game. He was warming up pregame, and then they decided to uh, sit him an extra game. Yeah. So, 
you know, based off that, um, in our short history with Kim English, I would think it was just precautionary and those two guys will be available for Tuesday, but obviously we'll have to wait and see there. Um, so far is a little bit shorthanded, but really shouldn't have mattered. Surprisingly enough to me, uh, the pioneers are picked to win the NEC. They now sit at four and eight after the loss, but they certainly showed that, uh, in the opening half. Providence just didn't look good. Um, defensive breakdowns, I, I thought were pretty consistent in the first half. Um, and sure enough, the Friars could have actually trailed in this one. Uh, Sacred Heart at, at, at halftime, Sacred Heart hit a buzzer beater layup, but, um, I astutely was screaming, no way that counts uh, when it happened there, BOC. They, they waved it off. It was still in his hands. So problems with a 31-30 lead. Um, not great. Not great. But you know what? They figured it out. Bryce Hopkins had a monster game in this one, 26-12. Uh, and 12. Um, He was 10 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3. So kind of showing – both his versatility. I mean, like Sacred Hearts could not stop him around the paint. Like there was just there was just no stopping him. But then on top of that, he showed some of the versatility, uh, knocking down some threes. Um, what do you so, got? Two of four, right? Yep, yep. <clears throat> two of four from three. So good to see from him. Still have five turnovers, which is, eh. you know, the turnovers continue to plague this Friar team. Um, and they had, and the thing that concerned me, and I think it concerns you, and you mentioned in the first half is. They had what eighteen turnovers in the game? Uh, yeah, eighteen. Yeah, I don't care who's playing. Devin Carter, Corey Floyd out. You have your two. You have your two lead guards in uh, Pierre and Dual, and they just continue to turn the ball over. Um, and then you have Hopkins. Hopkins and Carter have actually been two of the leading candidates for turnovers on a per game basis. Um, or they're right up there. Um. I get they're learning a new offensive system, but they need to, especially as we get into Big East play, and we wrote about this in the preview article with Marquette, they turn the ball over 18 times against Marquette. That is a 15 to 20 point loss by the Friars. They just can't do that. And it's going to come back and bite us. It, it bit us It bit us against, I mean, it was poor shots against Oklahoma um, and not being able to hit, not, maybe not poor shots. The inability to hit shots is what hurt us against Oklahoma, but all the turnovers didn't help. And if you think Oklahoma's good on ball defense, wait till you see Marquette guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Pierre and Duval actually only had two two turnovers apiece in this game, but you know, for me with them, I thought both of that. Like Garway had seven, um, uh, had seven assists in this game, which which is nice to see. But mm-hmm. I thought him and Pierre just. It was a really good opportunity for both of them to have big games, and they really didn't. I mean, Pierre finished with 11 points, but, you know, if, if you remember, he scores, I think, nine of nine of the, or eight of those points were scored at the very end of the game. Like, he hit his final three shots, two threes, and um, in the layup, I believe. Um, so maybe that's encouraging for him moving forward, obviously coming back from the hamstring injury. But he only had one assist in two turnovers in that game. So yeah. that's tough. And then on the flip side, Garway Duall has seven assists, uh, two turnovers, 
but he has one point in the game. Uh, he goes 0-4 from the floor, all three pointers. Um, he got some good looks, but but you would like to see him kind of attack the basket more and, and you know finish around the rim or at least try it. Because he didn't do you want it? Do you want him to be a little bit more selfish on the offensive end? I certainly wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, you know, Pierre was with the program last year, but he didn't get a lot of time. So he's probably still feeling his way around where he fits in the ecosystem on the team, as well as Duall, who's a true freshman. And playing that balancing act of, hey, we have to be deferential to Hopkins and Carter and Odoro. And you can listen to English and he says the bet the you know, the best shot is the next shot or whatever the saying is, the one that's the open shot. But, you know, in the back of their mind, they're like, okay, this is Carter, Hopkins, Adoro's offense, and we need to do the best to get them in position to score. And maybe them deferring to those guys is hurting the flow of the game, and maybe they should start being a little bit more selfish because, you know, in past games, um, you would see Pierre attack the hoop but then hesitate and try and pick the ball out, and that would lead to a lot of turnovers. And it seems like, both Duall and Pierre just can't make up their mind on what type of player they want to be on offense, and it's it's hurting the team. Yeah, I mean, listen, th- this was was kind of expected to be their biggest question, right? You have a guy in Jaden Pierre who saw limited minutes in his freshman year, showed certainly mm-hmm. show flashes, but now being thrust upon the new role. And for him, I, I think the injury really didn't help because he was actually playing pretty well. Uh, yeah. prior to that. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, for him, I, th- I kind of think the injuries kind of derailed him a little bit here. Um, and with Garway, obviously, you don't know what you're going to get out of a freshman. Like, clearly he's talented. Clearly he makes plays that other guys can't make on this team. Um, so, you know, I, I think hopefully as the season goes on, you'll get better play out, out of both of them, I think. But, but yeah, that I mean, that was just kind of noticeable. Uh, in the game. And obviously the, probably the biggest story of the Sacred Heart game was uh, Dickie Barrett. Dickie P. Dickie, Dickie, Dickie Barron, pride of Chicago, Illinois, um, the prodigal son. Uh, Dickie B, yes, he was stroking him from deep. And the thing I like about him is he has a really quick release. Um, so it doesn't take him a lot of time to get that shot up. It's very efficient stroke um, that's going to carry against no matter who we play against. The thing that I liked was he had that one bucket in the first half where he, um, he drove to the baseline and pulled up and had a, uh, a running jumper. And I didn't think he had that in his game and he looked confident with that. So he's slowly gaining more confidence and you can see English trust him a lot. And I, I just love that when, when uh, English made the jump over from George Mason to Providence, Tomlinson and English were both like, no, we recruited this guy because we think we can, he can play. I don't care if we're at George Mason. I don't think we're at Providence. If we're at Providence, we think this kid can ball and we're going to trust our judgment there. And I love when coaches stick to their gut on that. And, you know, it's, he's, it's, it's a short part of his career. It's, he's only, uh, you know, 11 games into his career, collegiate career, but seems like they hit on an, uh, a diamond in the rough. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you kind of hit everything on the head. Uh, just confidence, letting it fly. Um, good looking stroke. It, it just seemed pure every time, almost. Uh, Dude, I I don't know if we've mentioned this on the pod because we put it in an article, but when we were in the the Bahamas, we met his parents, and his parents said 
this is the first time he's ever been in a strength and conditioning program or a lifted weights. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, what? Like some people are just, gene- some people are just genetically blessed. Cause he looked he, like, I've made the joke. He looks like an sec linebacker. But when I heard his parents say that, I'm like, my first thought is like total basketball nerd was, Oh my God, I can't wait for him to be a junior it, with like two yeah. or three years and two or three years in a strength and conditioning program, just being a bully. Um, so I, I don't know if we've ever mentioned that on the pod, but I thought that was interesting intel and should make people more bullish if they're not already on Baron. Yeah, and also uh, in the presser, the post game, I mean, probably could have made this link before, but they asked Hopkins about Baron's game and like being a kid from fellow kid from Chicago, and Hopkins yeah. said that Baron like was his shadow at Fenwick. A few times, because uh, he was thinking about going to Fenwick, and then he went to St. Ignatius, and uh, Hopkins played against him. I believe his his senior year, would, uh, maybe his junior year would have been Barron's freshman year, right? Uh, if my math maybe. serves me correctly. Junior, junior freshman, senior sophomore, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, yeah, so, so I thought that was an interesting development. But yeah, man, I mean, listen... We said it on the pod that we don't, we didn't envision much of a role for Baron. Uh, you know, we wrote about it going into the air, but I think through 11 games, this, especially this game, it just shows you like he has a role on this team. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to what he can do the rest of the year and then going forward in a Friar uniform. Cause I mean, think about it. You think about guys that have shown what he's shown so far as a freshman, they end up being pretty good players. Um, so I don't, I don't care who you're playing. If you're a true freshman playing in the big East and you, you're dropping 14 points, I don't care if you're playing D one, D two, D three. If you, if you're pouring it in at that rate as a true freshman with a lot of studs around you and um, you're confident enough to take those shots. And he clearly is. That's a great sign for the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, unless you're playing, um, <laughs> did you see this? The North Dakota played some team, some like random team. Cause you know, this year they're, they're playing like a lot of, yeah, Waldorf. Um, they, they beat this team by 51 BIC. And I don't know what division Waldorf is, but it was like one of the, like, I, I think my high school basketball team was better than them. Um, they were so bad. Anyways, uh, not to get off on a tangent there. Where, where, um, where is, where is Waldorf? I, I, yeah, great, great question, Jesse. I have no idea. Um, all right, hold on. Waldorf College? I'm guessing. (laughs) Barstool tweeted out like the highlight bit of this team, and it was so bad. Give me, give me, a guess on a state. I would think North Dakota or South Dakota. You're relatively close. Iowa. Okay. There you go. Yeah, they, they were so bad. Uh, like like one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, anyways, so, so yeah, I, I think Barron has, has a spot on this team moving forward for sure. Um, and, it yeah, ma- so and, it makes you, and it makes you feel so much better about the future of the, uh, the wings going forward, right? Like For you sure. think about you think about Floyd, you think about Fernandez, who, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Now you think about Baron adding on top of that. That's that's a nice little core you can work with there. 
for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, future's bright, especially if uh, some of those recruiting rumors that have been surf- surfacing are real. That'd be nice. Yeah, um, all right, so before we get into the Marquette game, I know obviously we're bearing the lead, continuing to do that, but um, figured we go back. I think you tweeted this out, right, BOC? Our, our preseason Big East power rankings? So, um, yes, I tweeted out our non-conference. So, our non-conference, and we nailed nine and two. One of the one of the interesting things is, and like I said, I, I got lucky here. I'm not trying to say I'm like some savant. Um, I said our ugliest game of the non-conference was going to be against Oklahoma, which yeah, like it was that was eerily which, true, POC. Yeah, which is like like now you're looking at Oklahoma, you're like, yeah, no shit. But like back then, you have to remember they were like second to last in the Big Twelve preseason. No, I know. Yeah, um, so I mean, obviously, a lot kind of, yeah. Anyway, so we did the the Big East Conference power rankings, and this just shows. Yeah, I nailed the Oklahoma thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at how I had them ranked preseason. I uh, it's already looking pretty ugly for me. Villanova one. Marquette, two. All right. Connecticut, three. All right. Creighton, four. Providence, five. I'm surprised I had Xavier that high at six. That pisses me off because I did not think great about them. No, you didn't. I remember we we chatted about them. I'm surprised. Well, I guess I should have put them at seven below St. John's. That's what bothers me. Wait, I thought you were high on the Johnnies, no? Yeah, I guess I um I guess I I guess I got swept up in the media storm, huh? Yeah. But yeah. if you re- if you take a look on for the folks listening, this isn't great audio, but we have the um way too early and we'll we'll tweet it out tomorrow morning. How about that? Tuesday morning. Um if you look at it, a lot of the things that Mike has been complaining about, about like the, the hype storm with St. John's, I predicted them seven and I completely agree with your assessment, but I guess as the summer went on, I just started drinking the St. John's Kool-Aid. Yeah, you and all the media members of college basketball. Uh, freaking having them as, as, as top 25. And uh, dude, it, 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 dude, it looks like you were higher on Butler than me, so good on you. I had Butler at it in last place, and they're making me look like we're going to eat some crow. Again, we'll see what happens when we get into Big East play, because how many times did DePaul start like 10 and 0, 10 and 1, 11 and 0 non conference, and then just fall apart. Yeah. No, I know. Um, a lot can happen here, but I went Connecticut. That's looking pretty good. Um, also, there's, if you remember, there's background behind that BFC. They've never won a national title after winning their conference regular season. So, uh, but certainly UConn looks not only like a good contender to win the Big East, but they certainly look like a team that can repeat. I, I still don't think they will, but certainly can. Um, I had Novat too. Um, so I was high on them like you. Um, it's, it's been a, they, they're the weirdest team in college basketball. For sure. Hands down. Uh, I, was talking, I was talking, I was talking, I was talking with somebody who went to Villanova at a party uh, this past weekend. And we were just like, you can't understand their resume. No, it's great. Like if you, if you take out their, um, 
uh, the the Philly Five, whatever it's called, the Philly Five games. They're Big like five, a top, yeah. they're like a top ten team in the country. Yeah, probably. But you can't do that. Nope, you can't. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they uh, end up playing in conference. Yeah. I think they're the team I'm most intrigued by going in uh, to see how it goes. I had Creighton at three. I had, I had Providence at four. Ooh, we. I had Marquette at five. <laughs> Went on a limb. Uh, it still happened. You never know. Uh, but Marquette is obviously off to a great start this year. Um, you know, they, they were in that game against Purdue. They, they charged all the way back. Couldn't quite get it done. Um, but they were in that game. Uh, they did get blown out by, by Wisconsin, though, the, the rivalry game. Yeah. Uh, but then they proceeded to blow out Texas. And then, and then tra- transitive property. Wisconsin blew out Marquette. We blew out Wisconsin. So yeah. we should win by 40. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had the Giants at six, Xavier at seven. So wait, Butler, this is inter- I told you. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is interesting. You are you've been hating on the Johnnies, but had them at six. I know. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I've been more bullish, but I had them at seven. So I think our narratives start to change as the uh, summer progressed. For sure. Um, so I had Butler at eight, and I told you one of those bottom teams is going to surprise. And so far, it looks like that's Butler. Um, much. I mean, they were so bad in offense last year. They're much better now with Posh Alexander leading the charge. Uh, on, I mean, he's not their leading scorer, but you know, leading the team. That, that's kind of it's kind of ironic to me. But it helps uh, have a veteran. It helps have a veteran lead guard, though. Definitely for sure. I had Hall at nine. Um, Hall with a very interesting result. They absolutely smacked Missouri in Kansas City. Um. That was pretty impressive by them. Yeah, that was impressive. They've been up and down. Uh, I had George down at 10. BOC made some comments uh, on the original article about my rankings. Like, he was just chirping a, a few uh, few of my picks. And he called the Georgetown pick a spite pick? Uh-uh-uh. They might have been projected to finish uh, eighth to the Friar seventh. But I had them at 10. And I think that's probably where they'll be at 10. Um and then I put the ball in the basement again. Poor DePaul. Poor DePaul. But, yeah, I do think – so it's kind of funny. I think after non-conference, I think I'm higher on province now than I was before, but that may be more so due to the fact that some of these teams just absolutely – Aren't it? In, yeah. In non-conference, so. They're not, they're not as much of juggernauts as you probably thought they were going to be. Correct. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Providence can definitely still finish top four um, in, in, you know, maybe crack the top two. Maybe say, they fin- say, say they finish, say they finish four in conference. You would think they would probably be what? 13 and seven. Yeah. That's 12, 12 and eight, 13, 12 and seven, 13 and eight or 12 and eight, 13 and seven, which would get them to, 20, somewhere in the 21 to 23 win range. So that would get them probably anywhere from a six to a nine seed, maybe, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. If you, um, if you get if you get to that six set, I mean, we've talked about this. If you, you just want to avoid that eight, nine seed. Yeah. Get to, that, get to, get to this, get to the six, seven, or even like 
almost rather be like a 10 11 honestly yeah yeah but i mean listen like you know yukon's gonna be very good marquette's gonna be very good creighton will be very good uh and like you, you get wins against those teams your resume's gonna be good um but yeah so i mean i i think they'll definitely if they can go 13 and 7 12 and 8 they'll be in a good spot uh, i don't think we'll have to sweat out selection sunday um all right. You want to move on to this Marquette game? Let's do it. It's a big one. 8 30 p.m. at the amp. Friars Golden Eagles. Um it's a matchup that has provided some crazy moments, some crazy games over the years, BOC. Um I believe the last three at the amp, John Fanta had this earlier today. Um last three at the amp. Um Two of them went to overtime, uh, and the other yep. was, was the beach blizzard game. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't think there will be students, right? I think finals week just ended. Yeah, but it's going to be it's going to be packed and filled up like oh. crazy, right? Yeah. I am not worried about the crowd one bit. Yeah, see, it's going to be especially, especially with an eight thirty tip right around Christmas. Oh man, that's going to be a boozy crowd. It, it it sure is, BOC. Um, I'm excited to get I'm doing the Boston, the province community. That's going to suck, but thank God the game's later, so I should have plenty of time. Um, but huge matchup. Kolick looking for his first win in Providence, the Cumberland native, right? Yeah. I, so yeah. they uh, they played. They he's played two years, and we've won both games at home and. I think lost two games on the road, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't won at Pfizer Forum, but we held serve at um, at the AMP. And, you know, BOC, I think this might be one of the keys to the game, is like what Tyler Kolick are we going to get? Um, well, I, I think, yes, I agree with you, but I think the way to answer that is – what are we preparing for on defense to give him? Because he's going to, he's going to get his right. But are you going to? And we talked about it in the preview article. Are you going to do what Cooley did last year, which was really smart, and the year prior? Do you let you say Kolek? We want you to beat us scoring. Yeah, we're not. That's we're not exactly what I was going to say. We're not going to. We're not going to help play help D. We're going to trust Pierre Duall Carter. Um, probably Floyd too. Um, to just guard you one on one, fight through the pick and roll, high ball screens, and if you get a step on them and you make some mid ranges, good on you. Um, because that's what he did last year in the overtime win. Kolek had twenty nine and almost led them to a victory. Um, but that that seems to be the recipe to beat Marquette versus helping out on the pick and roll. Odoro slides over to double and provide some help. D. Kolek finds Iguodaro for a lob, pocket pass, or he just finds Joplin for a wide-open look when somebody comes to sag. That just plays right into what Kolek wants to do, in my opinion. You have to pick your poison. Yeah, so, I mean, you look at the two games uh, at Providence. Uh, double overtime loss, 103-98. He was awesome in this game. He had 29 points on 11-15 from the floor, but he only had three assists and lost. The yep. year prior to that... Oh, and then let, let me hit you with the game at Pfizer. An eight-point victory. 
he was he had six assists in nineteen points, right? Uh, um, and then you you look on the flip side the year before that at Providence, he had thirteen points but zero assists in a loss. Um, and then in Visor, a thirty-two point beatdown of the Friars. He took three shots. He took three shots from the floor, BOC. And so you're, you're, he had nine assists. So, like, that's what it is. Like, in this game, you know he's emotionally jacked up to try and be a scorer and try and, like, stick it to us. That's fine. Let him do that. Let uh, him. Yeah, I completely agree. And so, listen, he's become a much better scorer, too, over as the years have gone on. Like, these last two years especially, he's really shown his offensive game in terms of scoring. But – if he's not going to be, um, if he's not going to, you know, be the guy that that sets his teammates up, I, I like the pro- I like the fire chances. I really do. As do I. I um I think again, it's people. I I know what's going to happen. It's going to be in the middle of the game. People are going to be tweeting. People are going to be screaming like, "Stop Cole from scoring! He's scoring at will. He's hitting all these floaters. He's getting to the rim at will." you have to choose what you want to do against him. And that's, I think, the better option. Yes, it might be frustrating for him to drop a couple, but I trust Duall. I trust Carter. I trust those two a lot to do enough defensively to frustrate him and make his life a living hell where, yeah, he might drop, he, he probably will drop 20 plus on us on, but I'd rather that than him dropping 12 with eight assists. Right. That's no, totally agree. Um, and I think a lot of that will, you know, we're talking about how we'll defend him. <clears throat> but I think part of that has to do with his mindset, right? Like, who does he want to be in this game? Yeah. I think he definitely wants to get a win. But does he realize that in the games that he's played in here, he's tried to score a ton and it hasn't worked? I don't know. I don't know. Um, But then you look at this game, BOC, you know, you have the preview out. Uh, You are projecting a loss. That's that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, you brought up Hopkins should have an absolute massive advantage in this game. Um, do you do you do you agree with that? For sure, for sure, they have no one to defend him. That's where like that's where we talk about like oh Providence doesn't have size and yeah like when we play against freaking Connecticut we're gonna run into issues but you know what. So is every other freaking team in NCAA. Like, they're just a good team. Um, there aren't going to be many teams that can match Odoro and Hopkins. I, I just, I personally believe that. And Marquette's not one of them. Marquette can't match him. You, if you want to put Joplin on him, good freaking luck. Um, I feel really, con- like, again, I've been critical of Hopkins, but it's because I put him at a different level than most other players. Like, I expect a lot from him because I know he can do it. And the win against Marquette last year, this was like his coming out party. He dropped 29 and 23. He, I'm not, I'm not saying he gets another 20-20 game, but can he have a game where he puts up 20 and 14? Absolutely. Um, if Shaka is, is no pun intended, if he's smart, he'll probably double Hopkins as soon as he touches the ball. They'll probably deploy something similar to Oklahoma where soon, as soon as um, Odoro – as soon as Odoro and or Hopkins touch the ball, they throw a double at them and force the other uh, three or four players on the court to beat them. 
Yeah. Um, and then you look at their team, they just don't have a ton of depth. I, I, I know, you know, Sean Jones, like, they play a lot of guys. But they don't get a ton out of that depth, in my opinion. Um, you know, they, they have Ben Gold come in off the bench, but he doesn't give them a ton, in my opinion. Uh, he, he's a quality reserve big, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't give them a ton. Um, you know, Ross, Mitchell, Sean Jones, those guys have shown flashes, but they haven't given them a huge boost. I mean, it's really, the thing about this game is really the, the, the three, three stars versus three stars, right? Uh, Carter, Hopkins, Odoro versus Cam Jones, Tyler Kolick, and also Aguilaro. Um, and when you talk about a game that's going to be in a raucous environment, I think the ancillary pieces, although I just said uh, it's going to, you know, it's the stars versus stars, mm-hmm. ancillary pieces are probably going to make the difference in the game. So, and you know me, I, I love the whole like NBA playoff thinking of role players don't travel well. Um, and I think the same can be said in college hoops as well. Um, your role players tend to not play as well. And, you know, if we can get Ticket going or we can get Barron going or uh, maybe the breakout game I've been waiting all season for going to all to have happen. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like our chance. I really do. Like, I will say my confidence has been a bit shot since uh, because of the Sacred Heart game. But I'm willing to flush that that down the toilet, BOC. I, I think – it's going to be a really tough environment for them. I think we match up well against this team. As long as our pick and roll defense doesn't absolutely shit the bed. Uh, I really like our chances. I think we'll get a win here. Um, I'm going to go 78, 72. Yeah. I said, uh, I think I said 79, 75 Marquette. And then I, I looked at the spread, the preliminary spread that came out. It was minus uh, four. Yeah. Oh, okay. Seen three and a half, four. Um, But, I mean, it's a massive opportunity for Providence. You had spoken about you thinking that their schedule is favorable to start, right? You get three home games off the bat. If you can get this one against Marquette, that sets you up nicely to probably win the next two and start 3-0 in Providence play before a tough trip to Creighton. That'll be tough, but, hey, they've they've shown that they're – not unstoppable. They have some flaws as well. For sure. For sure. I mean, the Jays have shown this year, if they aren't going to shoot it well, they're going to lose. <laughs> That's yeah. been kind of their recipe so far. Yeah. Um, but do you have anything else on, on the game? No. Is um is our boy Bonk, is he visiting tomorrow or is he visiting over the weekend? I don't know. I know, I know, uh, I know Oswin is – has an official visit on the 21st and that is massive because I think I think um a decision will be coming shortly thereafter in uh in January or so and uh so it'd be really nice to um get a win while he's there we're great people seem confident that they're getting him but it's interesting we'll see I'm you can't really you can't really you can't really fault a big man for wanting to play a crane though right like yeah of course Paul Brenner Paul Brenner's like 
honestly not their traditional big that they have. Like, if you remember, who was the kid that Justin Patton? He was like a nobody who came out of nowhere and was drafted by the Bulls in the first round because he was a high-flying big, and they run like a really pretty offense, especially for bigs. So can't really fault the big for wanting to play for uh, Coach Mack. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, man, if, imagine we got Bonk and – Oswin, it'd be like, I, I think down the road, you would kind of look at what Tennessee had last year, right? With, um, with, uh, Jonas Adu, a guy that probably did, yeah. was after. Yeah. Um, and then having, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher his name. Plav. <laughs> Remember that guy? Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the European big man had come yeah. off the bench, get a million fouls. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, for what it's for what it's worth, even if in a dream scenario we were to get those two, I still would get a transfer transfer portal big. Yeah, for sure, especially because they're going to be young guys. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that would be big if, if they can if we can get some positive recruiting news. Um, I will say, I really hope to God the the app isn't as freezing as it was. Uh, it was insane. It was so cold. It was so cold in the NPOC. Did they have a hockey game that night? I, I, I think the P Bruins played the night before. It, it was it was so freaking freezing in that. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, more people might be warm. Hopefully we don't have any condensation issues. I think it was sixty degrees today, NPOC. Uh oh, that that is not good. That's. Not- <laughs> All we need um, is a freaking uh, a bat to fly around the arena with our uh, with our boy Sadiki Johnson in uh, Milwaukee. Also, I was told I snubbed somebody at the game uh, the other day. I feel bad for Say that. It again? And someone tweeted at me like response that I snubbed them at the game. Cigarette. Dude, are you I serious? Mean, I, I didn't mean to. We're for the people. I know we are. Of course we are. I, I asked why people say I, I don't remember the interaction to be honest with you. So or lack thereof interaction, I guess. But yeah, I'll be there. Uh, can you issue? Can you issue a public on. public apology right now? Sure, I I, I apologize to. Uh, <laughs> let's see, who was it? Ready, Brian? Ready? Is that Snoopy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you you big time Snoopy. I guess. I guess I did. <laughs> So yes, I, I apologize. Uh, you apologize but, uh, to Snoopy. Oh, I also didn't expect you to blow me off when I said hello <laughs> to you at halftime. <laughs> I, I honestly don't recall that. At halftime, I went to get a beer and saw one of the guys that we saw in the Bahamas and he bought yeah. me a top nice. one. I, I changed it up too. I did make a little vulture. I was like kind of worried that that might screw everything up, but it didn't. Um, but yeah, obviously come by and say hello. I will try not to snub you. That that's not me. Uh, and uh, we'll have a good time on Tuesday night. Yeah, anything else, PSC? No, I can promise I won't snub anybody if they see me. Whenever they see me next game, I'm there. Oh man, I can't believe you you blew off Snoopy. I know, PhD. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but um. But yeah, we, we also have some show news that we aren't going to break now because we're still kind of hashing out the details. 
but very exciting stuff coming coming to the crier. Uh, maybe we'll announce that after Christmas. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Probably gonna we have happen. a good, nice little development coming up, which uh, I think a lot of people will enjoy. For sure. All right. Until next time, Friartown. See you later. See you guys.